Appreciate Pastor not making fun of the great metropolitan area of Hurdle that I come from this time. So appreciate that. I thought that's what you were lining up for, but it's all right. We get picked on enough the way it is out there. Small little crossroads. Go turn your Bibles at this time, please, to um, <clears throat> James chapter four, and that's where the main text of our uh, me- the message will be out of this afternoon. And when you're as you're turning there, I just like to make a couple comments about it. One of the biggest problems we face in the church today, and one of the greatest um, detractors from the mission of the church, and does the most harm to believers, is in submission to God and in submission to His will, and more along the lines of being of submitting to our own selves and our own wants and desires. And if you're all there in James chapter four, just follow along with me as I read that. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot attain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, ye may consume it upon your lusts. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you, do ye think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth envy? But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Um, let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you for the opportunity to preach your word. Thank you for the people who are willing to listen to the word. And thank you, Lord, for, um, Miss Har. She presents her work and, uh, her burden to go to the people of Russia. And, uh, Lord, we ask that you, uh, bless her. She does that and continues in her deputation to raise support. And Lord, we also ask that you bless this, uh, message. And Lord, help us to, help us to, uh, remove all the distractions from, uh, my mind and the mind of those who are listening. Let us focus solely on what your word has to say. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In this passage, particularly in the first three verses, we observe a uh, rebuking question. Uh, right there it says, from whence come wars and fightings among you? This talking about wars is referring to back in Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 and 22. If you want to look back there, what it's talking about, it says, uh, this is part of the Sermon on the Mount, Ye have heard that it was said of by them in, of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever shall say unto his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council. That word Raka right there, just a little pause, I'll continue, uh, finish the rest of the verse there, but Raka, that's pretty much, that was an insult in the, in the Jewish language and the Hebrew language at that time, which was pretty, it meant you're worthless or uh, calling someone worthless or an empty-headed person, a person that just, I guess it would, there are words in our language we use that are a little bit different than that, but if you talking about uh, saying derogatory things about your Christian brother, continuing on, and whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hellfire. It's talking about here, if you uh, turn back to James 4, this wars is talking about wars of words within members, not uh, wars of killings. This is talking strictly within the context of a church. It's talking about, well, there is killings, the killings of each other's uh, character 
when uh, someone cuts down the reputation of a fellow Christian without cause um, or is angry at them and they have no reason to be angry. So where the question there is, where is this infighting coming from? What is causing this strife, this contention? Where is this bitterness coming from? And how did this strife get to the point where it looks like the church is at war? Where you see here that uh, the Holy Spirit inspired uh, James to use that word war, war in your members. You see it there in verse 2, it says, Ye lust and have not. And there is more than one type of lust in that, uh, if you're writing, um, if you're taking notes, just uh, the first point would be um, these um, these wars come from insubmission to God. And instead we submit to the lust, whether they be the lusts of the flesh, uh, things such as greed, things that uh, things such as vanity, which are pointed out, pride, and we see adultery in here as well. And these lusts are also lusts of the world. You see the boastings. Uh, if you look down in verse uh, 13, it says, Go to now, ye that say today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Skipping down where in verse 16, it says, But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. So you see the lusts of the flesh. Uh, adult, you see adultery in there in, um, oh, lost, uh, lost my place. Where was that? It says it in there. Oh, verse four. How did I miss that? It's right there. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. The adultery that comes in. That is what causes these infightings, these envies, these prides. Uh, envy of these of the gifts that God has given to other people, the spiritual gifts that are talked about in Corinthians. That is where these wars and fightings come from. And also you see in verse 4 is the need for the want and the lust for popularity, where it talks about friendship with the world. And you see that whosoever is a friend of the world is the enemy of God, where that is also where the Word of uh, war being used, war in your members. If you're friends with the world, the things of the world, the lust, uh, the, the rat race, trying to get ahead, constantly get ahead by any means, taking greed, or it's, it preaches in verse, in, not verse, in chapter five against rich men who withhold from their laborers, and it also preaches against, uh, of, Folks that don't have as much who um, are envious towards those who have more. That's where these uh, wars and where this bitterness and strife within a church comes from. And then you see the results of this infighting down in verse 11 and 12. You see, speak not evil one another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother, speaketh evil of the law, and judgeth the law. But if thou art a judge of the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. And I want to point out in relation, the Christian life can be compared to a war, and we are in a battle. We are told in the Bible to put on the full armor of God. So I will use a military illustration here as far as this infighting goes and compare it to friendly fire. That is one of the most, uh, fortunately I never came under it, so 
I were anything too serious as a few accidents, but mom, you didn't hear that. Um, but nothing, no, nobody got hurt. Don't worry. Nobody got hurt. So, um, but that is getting back on point. That is one of the most helpless times you feel in a military or in a fight when you're fighting the enemy and all of a sudden your own start either by accident or by carelessness or malice begin to shoot at their own, at the people on their own side because you can't shoot back at them. You can't counter that attack because otherwise you're just making the damage worse. Just as we as Christians, when someone, when a fellow brother or sister in Christ attacks us, we are not to attack back. We are commanded by Christ to turn the other cheek. And how hard that is to deal with because this is your own brother and sister in Christ who is attacking you, be it through gossip or through malicious words even to your face. And think about it even in how it even applies to a family when uh, everybody jokes about sibling rivalry, but how detrimental that can be to a family unit when brothers and sisters are and not in the playful fighting of a basketball game or a card game or something like that. We will have a family game night here in a couple uh, weeks, and there will be, no doubt, stories discussed of how family reunion games have gotten a little heated or family get-togethers. Not that kind of fun sibling rivalry, but the sibling rivalry where you can literally hate your own sibling and get to the point where you literally turn against them or they turn against you and how helpless that feels. That's how damaging this type of behavior towards your brothers and sisters in Christ is. Just think about, try to compare the feeling of whenever or if you ever feel the desire to say something negative about a fellow believer, think about how if you had a sibling and they said things bad about you, think how badly that hurt you before you say something like that. Remember, we're all in the same team. I'll get to that later. But what this also does, this infighting, it distracts from the mission of the church. Our, um, we saw it, well, turn there, Matthew chapter uh, 28. It's our memory verse for this week, so we can get a little bit of a head start on it and get a little bit more uh, practice in, in the Great Commission there. And the last two verses, well, we might as well get some practice for Sunday school. It's our, it is our memory verse. So let's go ahead and say that together. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Teaching them to observe all things. What are they observing when you're infighting? Is that something Christ has taught us? It is not. That's a, that is not. I forgot the lesson my wife told me when she was trying to teach me about teaching class where you don't ask rhetorical questions or don't ask questions you don't want answers to necessarily. But when we do turn against each other, it distracts from our mission. We are teaching people to observe 
something that is wrong. So that's why that's another detriment. And you see that uh, we see that the devil is promoted. We see where it is coming from. The attacks are coming from in verse 7, where it says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That command to resist the devil tells you what we are resisting in order to counter these infightings and strife. And it is the devil. It is the work of the devil that stirs up these lusts within us. Uh, we are to die daily, or Paul talked about in, earlier in the epistles, talked talked about dying daily to the flesh. That's what we have to do. And we still have to understand that we have our human nature is still with us, and Satan will use that as an occasion to stir up greed, to stir up uh, vanity, pride, adultery, and lust, and our need for boastings, to feel good about ourselves, and our desire for popularity with the world. But now that we've, now that we've looked at where this comes from, in submission to God, instead we submit to the lust of ourselves, and we see the results of this, our uh, second main point is going to be how to escape these uh, infightings and these lusts. We do that by submitting to God. In verse 7, it says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You pushed my water out of the way. Excuse me, I had to get that. We see that we have to submit to God, and then we can enjoy the we can enjoy the grace of God when we submit to Him. You see in verse six, but He, God, giveth more grace. Wherefore He saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. And then in verse ten, we skip down there and we see that uh, we enjoy God's goodness, and we see how we get it. It says, uh, actually, we'll start in verse uh, nine. There it says, be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. When we submit to God, we humble ourselves before him. He will lift us up. And when God lifts you up, that takes care of the need for boastings, because you have no, you no longer have a need to lift yourself up. No longer a desire, because God has done it for you when you humble yourselves. And then we see that when, after we do that, after we submit ourselves to God, He opens us up to uh, His guidance. In verse 13, we see, Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Talking there that about leaving the boastings behind and turning instead to God's guidance and trusting Him to guide us instead of and trusting Him wherever that may take us. Might take us to a faraway country like Russia where our missionary is headed. Might take you to Spooner, Wisconsin, or Shell Lake, or Minong, or Cumberland, wherever you all live in this area, the great metropolitan area of Hurdle, might take you there. But God will guide you when you submit to Him. Might take you to a nice, beautiful, great fishing lake of Camp Shatek, down there in a 45-minute drive to church. God bless you. That's got to be... That's got to be hard. It's hard to drive 15 minutes. I can't imagine the 45-minute drive. Appreciate you all coming that far. But 
talking about God's guidance wherever he leads you and trusting him that where he leads you is where he wants you to be and where he puts you in a church is where he wants you to be and that's where you can do your mo- your best work use a sports analogy for you a sports analogy of a football team a football team is very terrible when a person who is placed in a lineman's position tries to do a wide receiver's job. We felt if someone who is placed at a left guard tries to go out for a pass, what's most, well, what's most likely going to end up to the quarterback is he is going to get blindsided by a very heavy defensive lineman who weighs far more than him, more, might get injured, and the cause of the team will be greatly damaged. That is the result of not following or not staying and submitting to what God has put us to do. So in all of that, in the last two verses, it says, "Now, But now ye rejoice in your boasting, all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. That final verse right there is a challenge, and it wipes away all doubt that it wipes away all cause of ignorance or all excuses of ignorance because you cannot claim to be ignorant anymore because you have just been told where strife comes from. It's not just a natural reaction. And you've been told in this chapter how to fight it. Therefore, if it is not fought and it continues, it is the fault of the believer that is continuing it. Which says, therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And I would, the point of this message and the final challenge of it won't have an invitation. We're going to have the Lord's Supper right after this. But you see in Matthew 5 as well, where it talks about if you have a gift that you're about to present at the altar, but you have cause against your brother you are to leave your gift at the altar and go make yourself right with your brother before you offer your sacrifice. And that is something I believe that can be very tied into the Lord's Supper here and something to think about as we reflect on what we've sang about the cross and now we will remember through the Lord's Supper, through the observance of the Lord's Supper, what Christ did for us and our obligations to Him. Let us pray. Our dearly Father, Lord, thank you for the opportunity to present your word. Lord, please help us to look into our hearts, search ourselves, Lord, see if there's any root of bitterness that might be taking hold. And Lord, help us to get rid of it, whether it's coming from lust or pride or greed, wherever it's coming from, Lord, help us. It says that uh, you... If we resist the devil, he will flee from us, and you will give us grace. We ask these things in your name. Amen.